It's time for the Orlando Lions Den Podcast with your hosts, JJ, Eddie, Cleon, and Alex Brown. disaster the referee i know everybody's waiting to hear us to talk about the referee what's happening everybody and welcome to another edition of orlando lions den podcast i'm your host jason jj jose along with alex the swag brown what's happening my man what's up i never uh i don't think i've ever been so angry or seen a worse call in my entire life when it comes to soccer so to have it happen against Orlando City is just another beat to the drum on the 2018 MLS season. Eddie, what's going on? I'm still angry. I I've never been. I never reacted to to a call like that. I, I was enraged. I basically had like tears in my eyes. I was so mad. I felt like someone stole my kid's lunch in order to go run over my puppy. It was like that bad. It was just incredible. Worst call I've ever seen. It felt like a gut punch because we played pretty well. And we were making making a move up in the rankings and the standings. Well, we'll get more into it. It's just, it felt like someone just flicked you into you know where. And you didn't feel the pain. And then it just really hurt really bad. Alex Ryder, what's going on? Um, This was just kind of one of those weeks where literally nothing went right for us. We lost, got eliminated from the Open Cup, and then we got proed in the most auspicious way possible, and I don't even know if I'm using that word correctly. It's just so bad that I want to use big words to describe it. We got proed, and we're going to get it into it because this is Orlando... And this is what we do is we complain about the refs. Just be happy it didn't happen in Orlando because there would have been more cups on the pitch than there were fans in the stands in Columbus. Very true. Very true True. on that point. All right. Let's talk about the game first. All right. Let's talk about what you guys liked and what you saw. I don't want to talk about the ref yet because we're going to keep a segment just for that. And I got plenty to say about that. But let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the positive. What did you guys see positive-wise in that Orlando City game? Alex, your first 
Brown. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think uh, there's a bunch of great things to, to look at, especially on the road, coming off a short week. You know, you're thinking that we're saving Justin Miram for some point, but it never she never shows up, so you're seeing a lot of the same legs over and over again. And the result was excellent. I mean, the first half was great uh, for on, on our end. I was impressed with how the guys came out. They were ready to win. They knew it was an important three points. I think they might have saw the results from earlier in the day or saw what the results were trending towards, um, you know, especially with that late kickoff. Uh, I, I think the guys were, were pretty excited about what could have what could have been resulting, you know, moving into seventh at, at, at the end of the day. So it showed. They came out, uh, attacked at three points. I loved it. Some great play from Yoshi. Uh, Higita had some great moments, some great touches. Um, you know, you have Sasha Kleschen, who had the goal and the assists with the old man uh, ce- celebration, which was pretty funny, if you ask me. You know, obviously he's been getting some some crap lately for being older or hitting 32 or whatever. But the goal and the assists in 60 minutes, Sasha showed up. He gave us the lead and with Pino, and, and we were ready to win. And... Then the referee stepped in, you know, and he turned a 90-minute affair, which was one of the better games that Orlando City has had and maybe one of the better games in MLS's season with, with what was going on. And then the ref decided to make it all about himself. And that's about the only way that you could sum it up. It's awfully disappointing. The result was disappointing. Um, had a great goal at the end, but, you know, didn't go for us. And, and I doubt that goal happens had there not been a penalty, you know, I, I hear that a lot. And there's a lot to that, I think. Something I got to ask you guys uh, also on this is there was no Dom Dwyer. A lot of changes in the lineup uh, with the starters, um, like Alex uh, Swag said about no um, Justin Miram. I guess we're, we're, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But a lot of the reserves were in this game and I know that we had just played Philadelphia on uh, Wednesday night for the Cup, and then we go Saturday up to Columbus and play. But isn't it strange that how we played with a lot of the top guys on the bench, Il Munir, Dom Dwyer? Uh, Eddie, what do you think about all that? I mean, to me, it's showing confidence in these players. that, And the coach, James O'Connor, showing confidence in the players that are, that are out there. What do you think, Eddie? Yeah, I think... Um... We knew with James coming in, based on what we learned from Louisville City, that he's going to give people a shot based on how they, they train. Okay? And um, some of the players, haven't, I guess, haven't been training uh, as well. And um, some of the players who, who have got a shot. Part of his rotation, right? Part of it is to training. It's hard to tell exactly what it was. I'm guessing for Dom, it was just rotation, right? But maybe for El Munir, he's gonna permanently move him up, or he was just gassed. I'm not sure. But what I what to me that says is that there's a system in practice that they're all kind of playing. I mean, that is being clear through every single level of ability on the team, and people can step up and fill the roles. In order to make good MLS runs and cup runs, you have to have a team that when you put someone else in, the level doesn't drop off, the style doesn't drop off, everybody knows what they're supposed to do. So um, that being said, we we saw Pino probably could have had a goal, another goal or two, 
We saw T- Tony Rocha probably isn't a starting left back. He had some moments. But all in all, the team held itself together. And we we were in control here in the sense that we were up. We were getting attacked a lot, but we were holding on. Joe made a big save to, to keep it keep us in the lead. And um and I I'm just just disheartening how it all turned out. I mean that goal, that second goal was fantastic play from the defense winning the ball to Igita with the nice turn to Yoshi who just ghosted a Columbus crew guy and then that perfectly weighted pass to Sasha who did a little veteran move, got a little space with that arm, and one-timed it with his left foot, perfectly weighted to, to Pino on the back post. I mean, that was I was one of my favorite goals of the season because it was a team goal orchestrated from from the back Absolutely. right it was like ta- it was so that 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 made, made me have hope because we lost the open cup i was open cup or bust and i was like you know what maybe we could do something in the mls we got you know in the season we have something going on today we look we look pretty good and um and then when that call happened it was just such a gut punch man it's like it was offensive i was offended by it i was insulted by it it was it was he did the ref took a dump on the sport to me that's what it felt like alex right that goal i'm going to start off to address that second goal by pino that we don't see those kinds of goals when pino scores it's not because it was all by pino's doing when dom dwyer scores it's all Dom Dwyer doing incredible things in the box. When Pino scores or when some of these other, when Mueller scored earlier in the season, it was these ticky-tacky goals where the team is countering up the pitch and there's passing and there's moves and you've got veterans, like Eddie was saying, making the moves that are going to create create goals that leads to Pino being in the right place at the right time for arguably man of the match, Sasha Kleschen passing it up to him. That's what this game whole game was until the 86 minute was Orlando with tired legs from the trip straight from Philadelphia and substitutes to fill in the space because this is basically the MLS equivalent of the holiday period in the Premier League and playing so many games in the dog days of summer that, like both Eddie and Alex were saying, we have to bring in some of the guys that are next up, and we just say, next up, this is what we need to do. Next up, these are the guys that fit into this space, and and that's exactly what they do. They fit into the spots, they stepped up. I mean, heck, we had Earl Edwards, who just last week stepped in to put some pressure on Joe Bendick, and he came out fighting and distributing the ball, and then he gets injured, and Joe Bendick, having been sat for the last three games, steps up and has a gutsy performance as well. We've got guys on the bench that were tired that could have come in. Arguably, this game goes a little... Could have been 3 or 4-1 if Joe Bendick isn't the first substitute onto the pitch. But instead, we get put into an even worse situation 
which we're going to talk about soon because I'm going to be try and be the only one that doesn't actually allude to the end of this match. So, all right. So talking about Bendy, Bendy comes in. Earl Edwards gets hurt in this game. Um, it looks like it was an ankle. Um, don't know the status yet he's of it. A, I heard it was a high ankle, right? Sprain? And he's it's it's an that? ankle sprain. And w- the latest report from this afternoon was he's day to day. So it's pretty safe to say that we're going to see Joe in goal um, on th- against New York yeah, on Thursday. Thursday. I and I would I imagine we'll that. see Adam as backup. I don't. I don't. I don't know. He trained today. They only saw 15 minutes, and he trained fully. So. I don't know if it's a lock for Joe. All right, so going back to going back to what I was saying, Joe Bendick comes in. I, he he must have learned something from Earl Edwards Jr. Arch. on the bench because he was starting to distribute the ball. Does he listen to the <laughs> podcast? Well. To, uh, or that. But uh, he was starting to throw and distribute the ball. And also uh, he came in and, and did pretty good saves. So you got to give credit to Joe. And then, unfortunately, Earl Edwards, you know, hurt himself. You had to use that sub. But I think Dom Dwyer would have been in if Earl mm-hmm. Edwards uh, wouldn't have uh, got hurt. And that would have been another big uh, plus for us with 20 minutes left, having Dom Dwyer probably come in. And who knows, maybe have scored a goal or not. And that would have been big for us. So now let's talk about the referee. Actually, I think everybody's been JJ, waiting. Go I'm, I'm going to delay this a little w- longer. Can we talk about the center back pairing that started this match? Schuler and O'Neill. Schuler and, and O'Neill. They did Correct. stellar considering, I mean, O'Neill having come into the side just two weeks prior has made a difference and has charged his way into what could very well be a rotating starting role. It's going to allow us to, like was said earlier, have these players that can rotate in and out. And then you've got Tony Rocha, who can play basically anywhere. So we had a good team on the field. I mean, at the end of the day, though, those are the backups. I mean, we need our guys back. <laughs> we need uh, – We I, I, I can't – O'Neal's great, awesome, nice to have him there, but O'Neal and Schuler should be creating – should be competing for one spot, and that's that third role. I mean, Sané hasn't been great, but we're paying him 800000 so he's got to be in there. Yeah. And Spectre's the, the head man. He's the captain. So, I mean, we definitely miss those guys. Um, if we don't pick up a right back, there's been plenty of talk about Spectre going to right back, but – he hasn't been very fit all, all season, so I can't see that happening. But overall, I mean, we need both of those guys back. I think if we're going to make any sort of run, it has to be with – we're not going to do it with Schuler and O'Neill playing center back. Yes, but at the same time, earlier this season when we were dealing with the injuries in earnest and we're still arguably dealing with them, we were complaining about depth. And now I would argue that we're feel, we should – are in theory looking a lot better at depth and that's going to be good when it comes to a couple more of these these long weeks coming up where O'Connor's going to have the sense that Jason Christ didn't to swap out legs and put in put in the people that are mo- most ready for a match in order to fulfill the role and in his th- few games in charge we've seen a good evidence of players benefiting 
from this and players growing. I mean, I've even seen in the, we got to see the best possible argument for the Earl Edwards versus Joe Bendick debate. And even off the vents, Joe Bendick looked like an improved player under O'Connor. Uh, Eddie. You have yeah, to say. Um, we, we do need uh, – we have a lot of matches in this short period of time. We need everyone to step up. But if we're going to make a big run, we have to win pretty much every match. And Alex Brown's right. We need our stars to be stars. and We need our stars healthy. We need our stars to produce. And, and guys like Shane O'Neill are useful, but, you know, we, we can't rely on them to make the run we need at this point of the season. And I agree with the Alex and I agree with Eddie. I definitely need the stars and we need the guys that we're paying the money to. You know, Sene came here. He has the money. Where is he at? We need to have him playing. We have to have him with Spectre. Spectre needs to get healthy. And then, you know, you have your Shulers, Amro. your Amros. And, to rely and, and on to have, fill in the space. And O'Neal. Say to that again? To rely on to fill in the space. Correct. Those guys, they'll fill in the space, but we need to get our starters in. Let's talk real quickly. Let's go now to the referee. Definitely need to talk about the referee because I want it's, to talk about the it's referee. It's not going to be quickly, JJ. Just just, just give up that I, point I know now. it's not going to be quickly because I, I said I was going to put this thing on fire. It's going to be on fire now. The referee, first off, May 2015. He already had screwed up one time against uh, Silvio. Silvio uh, uh, in May of 2015, when uh, he gave a red card to, I think it was Parkhurst for Columbus. I think this guy likes to give red cards out. I think he likes to give PKs out. I think this guy needs to be uh, investigated by the MLS and by Pro and by whoever else it is, by Howard Webb or whoever. I'm thinking this guy's betting on these games or something. Uh, this is this is ridiculous. Um, how the hell do you not go to VAR for something like that? Um, it's just gotten to the point. MLS is becoming a joke. You're going to lose your fans. You're going to lose everything. So MLS needs to get their crap straight, to be honest with you. They need to do something because it's it's ridiculous. This referee made up the stupid call, made up this stupid call, and I, I mean, I can't curse on this. We're, we're trying to make this PG because I would have already cursed a plenty <laughs> of words, but made this idiotic call, okay, that – it was. I mean, it, he's in front of the damn play. He's right there. And how do you not see that R.J. Allen just, I mean, I don't even know if he touched him. And if he did, it was just a shirt that touched him. And the guy flops. It's ridiculous. They need to get suspended. They need to get fined. Just like how uh, the coach at, what is it, Real Salt Lake, Petkey or whatever his name was, or Colorado. Uh, yeah, he uh, basically got fined. These refs need to get fined also. They need to get suspended. They need to get something. I just, I think it's BS that these refs, and then on top of it today, they come out with this damn excuse. And Well, it's not an excuse. They actually said that he screwed up. And guess what? Silvio's still refing on, uh, he's the VAR for one of the, or the fourth official for um, one of the games New this York weekend. New York Red Bulls Ridiculous. versus DC. Uh, he might give that one to the Red Bulls just. He might. On the plus DC. side, he's going to melt in DC because it's hotter than Hades in DC. So at least he's getting punished a little bit. It's just and ridiculous. Free... Go ahead, Alex. Go I'll, ahead. I'll, 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 I'm. I'm just. 
I was appalled. I was shocked. I've never seen something so bad in my life. At first, it's one of those moments where, like, you you love Orlando City, and you want them to win so bad, and then they get so screwed, and you're looking at the replay, and you're just almost playing devil's advocate with yourself. You're almost going, "Where could, it was a penalty, right? Like, where was it? You know, like, it, let me see if I can try and find it. And then they, they put together all these different angles, and... RJ Allen, I'm like, maybe he leaps on it. Maybe he puts his right hand on the guy's right shoulder and vaults his way up. Nope, his right hand's by his side literally the whole time. I've never seen a right hand stay so motionless, actually, while a guy jumps in the air, to be honest with you. Uh, Literally was grabbing his shorts, basically, the entire time. Uh, And his left hand is using himself to propel himself straight up into the air, where the referees said he was going to... Uh, vault into him or, or charged him rather charged him from the back was the verbiage used then they come out later three days later it took them three days to figure out that uh or two days to figure out var and and how to use it apparently so their their turnaround time on var is is 48 hours in mls apparently <laughs> to get the right decision and they come out and say it was the wrong decision so after the the points have been taken and the you know the hand has been dealt we get the oh we're sorry and this guy still gets to be an official they oh we 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 uh you know we make sure to discipline the referees no you don't you you don't you you send a guy to the fourth official and you give a guy a week off that's not discipline you know that i, I want to know that you pu- i want to see you publicly rep you know call the guy out publicly reprimand him suspend him for the rest of the season make sure that that's known that that is not going to be acceptable you know, there's plenty of guys that I'm sure will be excited to take that job that are reffing in the USL or, or, or lower divisions that could do a hell of a better job than what he did, period. End of story. That's it. And how the heck do you call a PK? I guess the Silvio guy didn't go, didn't pass math class or physics or anything. Uh, the defender or the attacker they're saying R.J. Allen bumped into him. So if R.J. Allen bumped into him, wouldn't he fallen forward? Or would, it be, or would it be a yellow or a red card? It wasn't even a yellow or a red card. They just gave the penalty. If you're going to give a and foul then, for pushing someone in the box, give them a yellow or a red card. If you don't have the yeah. decency to do that, it's not a penalty. I've seen – I mean, and this is after – I'm just going to go ahead and do my rant – is – this is after one one play early in the match where one of their players literally kicked one of our players in the back trying to go for a ball, and that was dangerous play, and they didn't call that because, of course, they didn't. And then at the end of the game, one of their players literally choked one of ours. You don't see any fines or suspensions for that either. Not one, but they did too. Remember, Yuri Rosell also got pushed in the face, and then Yosh, uh, Yotun got, I think it was the choking was on Yotun, Yeah, right? it was Yo- Yotun got pushed to the ground and choked, and then Yuri got into it, and then we almost got a goalie fight. I would have given anything to have seen Joe Bendick give Zach Steffen a piece of his mind. That would have been better than anything I've ever seen in hockey. Let me tell you, this... <laughs> I thought we had Atlanta as a rivalry, but I think Columbus... Uh, <laughs> Look worse than this. Atlanta. I've always. It's always been a rivalry since the yeah. first hey, game. I know it's always. They've but... hated us, and we hate them. And here's here's my thing too. Here's what I'll say. 
MLS, the, if people go, MLS, why, why does the World Cup get VAR so right? And why do you guys get it so wrong? <laughs> and here's the difference. In MLS, it's plain and simple. In MLS, the head referee is required to call himself out at best to, to get the correct call. First, he's got to be told to go look at the call even. First, he's got to get a nudge on the shoulder. In MLS, the VAR, the video assistant referee, is a nudge on the shoulder, effectively. That's all he is. At the World Cup, the video referee was the deciding factor. There, there. Sometimes, there was no, when they switched the call, there was no looking, going to look back at the monitor. The VAR ref said, hey, that's the wrong call. Just switch it up, period. And, and they, they had switched the power it to do it. And And... That's what it needs to be. That guy, there needs to be, I, in fact, I don't even want a screen. I don't even know why they have a screen on the side of the field. Exactly. There, you have you have 12 screens in your office that you guys have. Why is there a screen? You don't need a screen. You need ear sets. The guy, if you, By having a screen on the side of the field, you're telling me that that fourth official either A, doesn't have the credentials or the, 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 the I don't know, to, to, to make the to, yeah, to make the decision that, that he needs to just get approval after he thinks that something's wrong. Or B, he just shouldn't be in there. If that person can't make that decision, I mean, you're talking, MLS doesn't have VAR refs. These guys aren't guys that, that are lower refs that they start out in VAR and then they go to the first official. No, I mean, these guys can be a VAR ref and then the first official in the next week. So why, why can't they be credentialed enough to say, hey, that's the wrong decision? That that's a joke of a call. They have a way better look of it than the ref does, and that's because technology has advanced. And so what's the deal? And it shouldn't be a single ref at the stadium. The thing about the VAR in the World Cup was that they weren't at the stadium. That was a panel of referees. That wasn't a single referee. That was a panel of referees with a single head referee in a room in Moscow making the decision. If the referee on the pitch needed a second opinion, he said, hey, what's the call here? And sometimes they would say, oh, no call or, oh, that's a call or, oh, that needs to be reviewed by you. And then they'd go to the monitor. The monitor was a last resort in Russia. It wasn't every every time you need to make a call, you make the stupid hand gesture, which still needs to be rebranded. And you go to the screen, or better yet, we use 21st century technology, and we bring the screen to you. I mean, heck, MLS loves branding. Have Samsung or some other tablet company brand a tablet and have a nice boy or girl, ball boy or girl, bring the tablet to them. All right, let's listen real quickly into what James O'Connor had to say uh, about the uh, PK call. Let's listen. Your thoughts on the referee's we didn't get your input. Let's hear your input real quick. Yeah, so to, to go with what Alex uh, Brown said about the the video, like the TV, they don't actually need to look at it. 
they're just getting a regular TV broadcast and they don't need it to make their decision. So there's really no point. It should be, it should be done by the VAR and should be like a judgment brought down to him. Now, but this Silvio Petrescu guy, it was right in front of it, just like you said. I mean, it's a shame to try to make yourself the star of the match. What you referenced, um, JJ, was a trend of this guy trying to be the man, trying to be the attention. If people know your name, it's because you, as a ref, it's because you suck as a ref. Okay, Freeman, now we know his name because he sucks at VAR. Petrescu threw Freeman under the bus and said um, he tried to go to VAR. Freeman said no or whatever, but Petrescu should have never, Petrescu should have never, ever, ever made that call in the first place. What, what did RJ Allen actually do? Did he like snap those training bras that these guys wear? Is that what happened? <laughs> he blew he on it. It's like the meme. Yeah, he went behind it and snapped on it, and then he <laughs> fell. It's absurd. What I think we should have is pro rel for refs. Okay, he <laughs> said so this guy he he sucks. Bring him down to USL, like Alex said. There's other people who want a shot at the big time. Call up a USL guy, the top USL rated ref. Call him up to the big time. Give him a shot to be a VAR or fourth official. Send John Freeman down to go to go USL or NPSL, and he could he could use like Kissimmee FC versus the Villages or whatever, and then get some training. <laughs> then I want to see a video from Pro of him being drilled on a computer, right, where he shows different questionable VAR calls, and I want him to pick the right call, and I want to see like fifty of them and he needs to get like 48 correct and then he could come back like i want to no, see it. 50 yeah. all 50 like yeah i just you know human error that's okay and then th- that's maybe then i'll feel good about it but it's embarrassing for the game as a whole nothing is holding back our league more than pro right now there's nothing pro about pro whatsoever it, the refs already are an issue in every league but the way um Geiger performed in the World Cup with the Columbia-England match, brought us embarrassment, right? And then this is adding more embarrassment, and people aren't going to give us a shot. They're going to watch this. They're going to say it's a crap league, it's crap refs, and it's Bush League, and all that, while the league is making headway on a lot of different different avenues. Look what happened today. Vancouver Whitecaps sold an academy product, Alfonso Davies for $15 million to Bayern Munich, who just just got him because PSG came in late with $16 million bid, um, or 16, yeah, whatever, pounds or euro bid, and, uh, and they were just too late. So a league that sucks isn't pulling those things off, but we're getting, we're getting embarrassed because of pro. So I, I, guys like that shouldn't be around. They should... They should do what they did in baseball, where they had a bunch of bad umpires and they just let them all go, and then there was a new batch. All right, let's listen to Sasha real quick before we go to Swag. Okay, let's listen to Sasha talking about the refs and about the game. Okay. Sasha, at that point you were watching from the sidelines. What did you think of the referee's decision to award that penalty in the 86th minute? I thought it was the bad call. I thought it was the wrong call. Now that I, I watched it live and I thought it was the wrong call, and I watched the replay. Tonight and night, where you felt that Orlando City deserved all three points. Yeah, I'm very proud of the guys. I think everybody put in such a really good effort tonight. Uh, you know, Columbus is a good team, especially when they play here. They're, they're confident. They move the ball 
All right, swag, go ahead. I, I'm gonna be stuck on this for a while because I hope that we don't actually make. I mean, I hope we make a run, but I hope we don't end up two to a point or two out of the playoffs. And you look back at these this game and and go, man, that that's terrible. Um, I mean, I, I like the idea for pro rel against referees. Uh, that that would be pretty hilarious, but uh, but I mean, overall, just just definitely disappointing to to take that and have that occur when you know you, you we could be in seventh and you just get a new coach and you know that that's two game winning streak and you coming back home against your New York City FC rival and you know it, it's it's just a tough one to take it feels like a punch right to the throat um my 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 biggest one of my biggest things is is you don't hear much from Don Garber and this is a constant constant issue with MLS and He's the he's the head guy. He's the head honcho. He's the commissioner, and you hear nothing from him. Nothing. It's like the, when when the NFL you heard nothing about concussions, and it's because they were trying to sweep it under the rug and hide it. You know he makes millions. What's the buy-in fee to get into MLS? Quarter of a billion dollars now. Uh, Something insane you can't, like you that. You can't spend maybe five million bucks on on developing a referee program or or something that can that can at least start to the trend to change to at least put pressure on, on these, these guys that are in pro referees. I mean, come on, dude. I'm calling, I, I, it, it pisses me off because it's, a, it's, it's not just Orlando city. You know, we've had to go for us sometimes and sometimes we don't see it, but we've had that. We've had to go in our way. And, and it's like, it, it, it happens to everybody. And, and this is a product that we all spend tons of money on. And it's not quality when you compare it to other leagues. And we all watch a bunch of soccer around the world and, and yeah, I mean, sure, you're not supposed to be right on their their path with, but the but the refs are so much worse. I mean, you, you got to put the pressure on them, and they're just looking at the bucks. They don't want to spend any money. To the point where there is an entire segment on MLS.com. I just thought of this. There's an entire segment on MLSsoccer.com called "You Make the Call," sponsored by Pringles. That. that every week goes through the questionable calls of major league soccer. When you have that in our league, you've got people across the globe and you had, there was a six minute ESPN FC debate about this game, about what happened. And they all called it a travesty. It was an absolute insult to the game we love and it's embarrassing as someone who's not only a fan of MLS, but also of U.S. soccer. It's embarrassing to see our name and the U.S. brand of soccer dragged through the mud because a referee is incompetent at his job. What were you going to say, Eddie? Yeah, and I was going to say, I think part of the reason Don Garber outsources this to pro is maybe he could outsource the blame, too. Like, NFL has NFL referees, right? MLB has MLB referees. It's not a, a different organization like, like it is a pro. And then if it says MLS on their stuff, then you have to be held more accountable. I don't like it. It just seems Bush League to me. You're your big league. Have your own referees. And then I wanted to talk about yeah. the... the, uh, the the whole instant replay show or whatever where they're talking about calls, it's perfect that it's sponsored by Pringles. Because once you start looking at the league and all the bad calls, once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it. That's, That's a good great, one. Eddie. I like that. Now, 
Now, about that, what you're saying about the uh, MLS.com and their, you know, making the call thing, I think that's, like you're saying, Ryder, the most embarrassing thing. That is putting our league down, and it's embarrassing that the MLS, the league, is making fun of the pro refs on that, basically saying they're idiots, they can't even get the call right. Look at this. And where is the United States Soccer Federation referees that ref the U.S. Open uh, Lamar Hunt. Those guys actually are better than these pro refs that, uh, why don't Don Garber go get these guys? So, I mean, we have referees out there. You can go to the United States Soccer Federation or you, and then we paid, what was it? Howard Webb, all this money for, to, to get, to clean up this act of the refs. I think he just took the money and said, thanks for the money. These guys are idiots. They don't know how to do anything. Cause I don't, I can't coach these or train them the correct way. Yeah, and I wanted to say um, the mainland had brought up that um, O'Connor had an issue with Freeman before against us, OCB, ironically, and he got fined. So I don't know if Freeman just got his revenge today, but what a shame. O'Connor was making his imprint on the team. It was an away match after an Open Cup defeat. We had the game. That we scored we our, first, yeah, Dad. Yeah, we scored first and now twice. In, in we o- O'Connor has matched in his MLS tenure um, opening goals that we had. It matches the same amount we had the entire season before O'Connor. So that that's cool. That's cool to see. But just like I'm just talking about, look at momentum. We we're on the road. We we beat a playoff team. Everyone we need. You're barely starting. Yeah, everyone, your starters. Yeah, you're barely starting our starters. The people in front of us all, all fell back, and we could have made a big jump, and uh, and made some nice progress with momentum coming home to another rival. And then guess what happens? They just say, "Hey, come over here, real quick. I got something to tell you." And then whap, big kick to the nuts. And instead, you get the this stupid press release. I don't. I'm just going to go ahead and read the crazy parts of this press release because it's bonkers how this all went down. Pro believes the minimal amount of contact between players did not justify this decision. The VAR checked this penalty kick decision, but did not accurately identify the on-field call as a clear and obvious error based on the minimal contact between the two players. Therefore, the VAR did not appropriately recommend a video review. Like you said, Eddie, this is John Freeman just not doing his job correctly, and maybe he is getting his revenge on on James O'Connor. Who knows? Either way, he's not refereeing a single game in North America this weekend. So I guess he's being punished a little bit. Is that supposed to make me feel better? Or did you talk to headquarters, Eddie? What did MLS headquarters say about press releases and getting points? They said tune in next week while we do the same thing and talk about all the horrible calls that our own referees do. That's what, that's what they say. Sponsored by pizza-flavored Pringles. Yeah, with new reduced fat options. I hope Orlando City got some ice because after that kicking in the nads, it's not, it, our, it's not just our uniforms that are purple. <laughs> you are going. You're going to edit that, We're Alex. Done. I'm sorry. I thought I was going to be bad in this. <laughs> sorry, Alex. No, keep you. that in. Yeah. I think, I mean, right. like, like – just and this would be, I guess, the last echo of that. But I think the biggest thing is that, like, you're literally—I mean, everything went right for us, and then you're like, things are starting to change. You know, the James O'Connor's doing it already. You know, I mean, 
We're putting guys in that we never like three weeks ago. You would have looked at that starting lineup and been like, "No, no way! There's no freaking way we're gonna do anything." People were saying here. that when it came out. You know, they were like, "Oh, we're screwed." You know, you're like, "There's no." Yeah, yeah. Even when it came out, you're like, "There's no way we're gonna even score a goal." And and they come back and they have they're up two one. It's the eighty third minute, and you're going, "Oh man, we have ten minutes, and we could be in seventh place with games in hand." You know, our yeah. Granted, our schedule is tough, but. You, when you have that opportunity, it's like you have to take it, and and it would have been something else if we would have lost. You know, if if yeah, that's a screamer, that's a, a banger goal that he scored, and you can put all the blame that you want on the on the center backs for not stepping up, but you that know, goal doesn't happen if that call isn't made. There's no way, you know, there's no way that he's taking that banger opportunity. I mean, I, I mean, I don't believe so. He'll tell you, oh, I'm taking that shot every oh, time you know, if you trap. interview him, but. But but whatever, man. You know, it, to me, to rip that away is as I agree with JJ. For me, I almost think, and I am not going to lie to you guys. I thought around the seventieth, I think around the seventy-fifth to eightieth minute, there was there was a chance like in the Columbus end where there was like two straight corner kicks, and it was like the seventeenth and eighteenth corner kick of the night for them. And uh, and neither one of the balls looked like they went off. He called headers off of our players. Neither one of them looked, like, and our players were kind of protesting. And I was like, this kind of looks like the mat, like where the fix is in here. Like it kind of looks like the fix is in. It kind of looks like the ref is fixing the game. And then, sure and behold, ten minutes later, you're like, wow. If there's any more evidence to fixing a game, it's right there. <laughs> I mean, you literally can't have more evidence. Do you think we'll ever actually hear if this actually was fixed? Hey, remember the like NBA the Billy came Donahue out, or Donahue you know? or whatever, right? Yeah, Donahue. Donahue back in the day. You never know. Eddie, you have something to say. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the cruelest thing is false hope. I mean, this team hasn't hasn't led a lot this year, and I, I was, like, cautious to believe. I was like, no, is this happening? We're winning? That was a beautiful goal. Okay. I want to believe a little bit, right? And you, 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 you soften your heart a little bit. And it's like the Grinch when you feel a little emotion, right? It's painful. And then, boom, it's all gone. So that made it worse. And unlike Justin Merrim, I didn't like that Will Trap goal because Justin Merrim did Oh, wow. Nice oh. segue. Well, talking about now talking about Justin Miriam, let's go into the Justin Miriam talk as we got it. But first, let's hear what James O'Connor had to say today at practice about Justin Miriam. He's still with the club. Yeah, I mean, for me, everything is the same. I mean, Justin's part of the, the squad. Um, we've had players that didn't travel. Um, we've everyone in for training. So, you know, from our standpoint, everything is, is the same. Huh? And I can understand people wanting to continually talk about Justin, um, but I smile because there's also Richie Larea, Jose Villarreal, there's, there's other players in the exact same situation that nobody wants to speak about. So, yeah, he's, he's part of the group that, that wasn't about Miriam. So, do you guys believe that about Justin Miriam, about O'Connor saying he's on the squad, he's still on the squad, just like Larea and Jose Villarreal? Do you guys believe in that also you think he's still on the squad james o'connor is an incredible politician because he was political (laughs) about this as someone else tweeted that earlier in the day i'm stealing that quote but he's a politician he's he's new to this club he didn't come in when the marum stuff was at its height he's coming in at the conclusion and he's just trying to hold this club from tearing apart anymore in the locker room due to one player 
and questionable interactions and questionable decision-making. But he, it's very obvious that, yes, he's part of the club, but he hasn't either been performing at practice or they're just not being very upfront about their intentions about what to do with him. Even the- Hey, Ryder, got a question. Ryder, real quick, question for you. You're saying not performing in practice? When is he showing up in practice? He wasn't even there again. He left again well, no, today. I, I, I'm not talking about this week. He hasn't, in, in my, from everything I've read and everything I've seen, he hasn't practiced since the Open Cup match. He's shown up or he's, and then he's left, or he's just not shown up because I don't know if it's a, I don't know. I Justin Merrim hasn't made his, position clear if he wants to not be trashed by our fans which some of our fans and i'll condemn this again because i have to say this every time because it's not right some fans take it too far but some fans are asking the correct questions of where is his commitment and we've asked this of more than just him we've asked this uh i i I think even at some points we were asking this of Kaka when it looked like he was just phoning it in and treating Orlando like a retirement place. We ask these questions because we love this club and we don't demote it to a single player. Is it sad that situations like this come up? Yeah. And I, but I've also said and was immediately refuted on Twitter that some of our fans need to be ashamed of how they've handled it. That being said, JJ, to finally come around and answer your question, he hasn't practiced lately. He's been phoning it in because he wants a trade because he's miserable. That's how it appears to us. And unfortunately, he has done nothing to help us see it to the contrary, where, whether it's a misunderstanding, whether he's injured or sick or whatever. We don't know that. All right. So let me, I'm going to go on mine and then Alex uh, Brown and uh, Eddie, you guys can rant. First off, let me tell you about Justin Mir. First off, he's a little baby, a crybaby. Oh. He must get, um, he's probably, I don't know, he needs his diapers changed or Bam. something. Listen, I'm, I'm uh, moving my mic I, I, away I, from my face just so you can talk because we can argue. Okay. Tell us how you really feel, JJ. <laughs> um, basically, I, I'm fed up of seeing him cry like a little baby, um, going onto Twitter and saying these people are Twitter, whatever, all this racist stuff, it's BS, okay? He doesn't like it here in Orlando. Um, and then, and I hate to say it, you know, he does have some friends on Twitter that are sticking up for him. That's fine. Stick up for him, you know? As you guys know, I was friends with players in Orlando City also. Some got cut in, in January of 2015. I knew uh, Carnero. I knew all these guys. Guess what? I took a lot of brunt, but I didn't talk bad to fans. I didn't say they were stupid. I didn't say anything, okay? So that needs to stop, okay? That's great that you hung out with them, you did things with them, but don't call the fans ignorant because they don't know Justin Merrick. He's showing, okay? Strilla never had that thing. He left, he's gone. But when you have Justin Merrick over here, you know, telling people on the ears, to be quiet, you know, and, and doing gestures. Guess what? Get out. Now, if I was Orlando City, I was Flavio or Alex, you know what I would do? Guess what, buddy? I ain't, you ain't going to play. You're going to be stuck here until your contract ends, and then you can go, and you're not playing anymore. 
That's it. I'd rather pay you because we're going to lose the money anyways if we trade him. So what's the point of having him traded and lose money? Just make him, put him down as an apple in a rotten apple and let him just sit and rotten. What's up, And writer? it's very possible. I'm going to agree with you because the thing about this whole story is most of the conjecture is based on rumors and based off Instagram likes and all the rumors that have been floating around. We don't know what's going on. He hasn't shown up on the... When was the last time he played? It's been a while. And we don't know what's going on in the camp. We don't know what happened in the locker room. For all we know, the reason he left today early was because he talked to the players and said, hey, I'm out. I'm being traded. It was nice knowing you guys. That's very well my... my... He He probably had another baptism to go in California. Like he did on the other time. I mean, go ahead, Brown. To me, it, it's 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 an old story. I mean, the book needs to sh- to close. I'm really upset that we're still dealing with this. Overall, that that we're we're in this rut and and we're trying to move on from the train station. And the only and and we've and we're dealing with Justin Marin before we can take off. I mean, I, I hate the fact that we have this rain cloud over us. Uh, I I would say it's div- dividing the fan base, but. Oh yeah, it's not anymore because it's. No, this, we you, you all can't, agree he needs to move on. That much is no, very no. clear. Yeah, yeah, you can't say he's dividing the fan base because it, now with his how he's treated the fan base, I mean, one out of every fifty people are actually defending him. Still, I mean, when when you're that much of an outlier, you should probably look into the mirror. Yeah, you know, there's you should probably look into what you're looking at. Two out of a hundred people are actually supporting him still, from what I've seen. It's it's not very positive outlook for Justin Miram. I mean, the way that he's treated his fans. Uh, a lot of people tried to support him to, to when he began with, and then as soon as he scored, I saw the video of, of him scoring his goal today against Atlanta. I just want everybody to put themselves back in that situation. We were down two to zero, I believe it was, and he scored the sitter goal rebound that probably anybody uh, could have scored into the right. Um, I mean, four out of ten times. It was a it was a tiny little rebound, uh, and as soon as he scored, he knew exactly what he was going to do. It's like he thought of this. And and here's my problem, and I'm getting heated talking about this. Even talking about so- go ahead, go ahead. Even talking about, about Sasa Kleshin. You know, when when you think about uh, uh, a celebration in advance, to me that is the most individualized thought that you can have i mean to me that means that you sat there you knew that hey if i'm gonna if i'm gonna score a goal i'm gonna do this celebration because people are calling me old or or, or people are yelling at me and and, they, and they're hating on me so i'm gonna tell them that i'm i'm silencing the haters that is the most individual thought in a team game and people wonder why we have this this attitude around the club <laughs> that is the most individual thought I'd rather you do a team celebration where you're going bowling and you knock down the 10 pins or whatever you the hell that people do when they do the team celebrations, you know. But to have an individual celebration like that, even on Sasha Kleshin, I, t- I did it in the Slack chat. I said, it's going to be a damn shame when the highlight of Sasha Kleshin's Orlando City season this year is an individual celebration of him acting old. That's going to be the <laughs> highlight of his season because we're not going to make the playoffs. He's not going to have any assist records that he's going to break. And, and it's going to be a failure of a season, and it's going to be a failure reflected on him, and that's going to be the highlight of his season. I don't think there should be any individual celebrations. 
when you're a professional and you're getting paid and you've performed as poorly as we have. You should be either grabbing the ball and getting back to the circle or celebrating as a team. Period. What happened That's to it. these celebrations to get on the celebration bandwagon? What, what happened to the celebrations where you have Chris Mueller sliding off the end of the world? And everybody's joining them. You know, those are the ones I like to see. But individual, and, and back to Justin Miram, I mean, he had that one. And then he had this, oh, you know, he, he went and saw the goalkeeper after the Open Cup game and nobody's there. And, and you know, I kind of wanted to play. It's one of those things, again, where you're like, let me play devil's advocate because that looked really bad. But some people are still defending him. And then it kind of dwindled down again. Now we're down to maybe 20% of people that, that are that are respecting him. And then he starts missing some trainings. And, and then he has the article about, oh, maybe I'm a, maybe it's because I'm Iraqi. Uh, you know, to me, that article really showed that that article proved what I've been saying, that he decided to listen to the small amount of people because he chose out two instances, maybe three instances of what occurred. From a handful of Twitter accounts. And these I'm are talking a fake. handful of Twitter and accounts. And they're, they're all kids, kids. Basically. They're all kids or fake. No, I don't no, care if they're like, kids or yeah. not. They could be bots. They could be 80-year-old dudes. I don't care. You never met the dude. And there's a damn good chance that he makes way less than you do. And you're way higher than him in the social stature. So why the hell do you care about what that, that Twitter account says? Whether it's a real person, a bot, or whoever the hell it is. Why do you care? Nope. To me, no and that's idea. not you only Miriam. Never care, that's and, and that's why I don't. Because him doing the celebration, the old that means he's going on Instagram or going on Twitter, and people are saying that he's too old. So, and you're, you're, you're. Yeah, that's it. You're, you're. Oh, you're yeah. too old because you're reading about yourself, you're man. A Who cares? Don't like, go reading like about stuff. yourself. You get. You literally. Some of these guys. Think about this, people that are listening. Justin Miram makes more than ten thousand dollars a week. Sasha question, you're talking fifteen thousand grand a week that this guy makes to play soccer. Okay? To play a game, to train for a game, to enjoy his life, to live in pools and in a nice house and have a family. He lives a life that, that most of us would dream of, right? And and he's been gifted for that. And he's worked really, really hard for that. But to me, you got to be, you have to be mentally strong, just as good as you are physically strong, especially if you want to hang around in this town. And we've seen it with a bunch of different players. We've seen it with a bunch of different people, just in general, from the GM, front office, whether we agree with it or not, down. You've seen it consistently. You have to be able to put up with us. We are a rabid fan base, and rabid is not usually termed as a good thing you know and 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 that that's what they think that that, that's what they they put us as so you have to be be able to do it and to me there's there can be blame placed everywhere whether you want to put it on miriam or the front office for not knowing what they were getting into but overall failure can't wait till he's gone i'm sad that we haven't figured it out yet and I keep checking my phone even right now to see if anything breaks at 10 40 at night (laughs) and Even then, and to uh, follow up real quick, Swag, the thing about that is, and you say, especially in this town, and I've gone, this this whole situation, the fact that we've had this happen so many times in recent memory where people have just wanted to jet their way out of here in the past two years, whether it's Kyle Laren's stupid situation, which is his fault, not ours. Whether it's Nochorino's issue because he wasn't playing well and he got, he endeared himself to the fans even in the end, even though he didn't play well. Or Kevin Molino or Breck Shea, who were 
fun to watch on the pitch and fans loved them. But in the locker room, they were toxic and led to us ask basically sending them away. It's this thing where you need to maintain the balance of on the pitch and off the pitch. If you perform for the team on the pitch, you don't need to worry about it off the pitch, but you also need to maintain your stature of a performer off the pitch. You need to contribute to the community, or if you're not going to contribute to the community, at least don't be a detriment to your team. And unfortunately, and like you were saying earlier, the straw that broke the camel's back wasn't the celebration with his fingers in his ears. It was the article. The moment he came out and said to Jordan Culliver, oh, maybe it's because I'm Iraqi, he was done here. He lost a majority of the fan base. Heck, I, I, I like, I go back to previous recordings, week in and week out. I said, oh, Justin Merrim's in a slump. He's going to come back. Justin Merrim's in a slump. He's going to come back. And I've even defended him from the few people that have attacked him. But I'm the one that's saying now, having gone over all of this and dwelled on it, if you're not going to put it in despite what people say, despite what happens off the pitch, then there's the door, and I'm sorry it didn't work out. I'm not going to say bad things about you and have hard feelings, but All there's right. the Eddie, door. Eddie, go ahead, I, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to, to address uh, about the fans. Alex, you have a great point about the fans being, being rabid. But on the flip side there's passion right the the whole rabidness comes from passion that we want to see reciprocation of all the passion that the fans bring to come from the pitch right so that means that if you just try hard and you do what i dubbed hustle face right you're just kind of grit your teeth and try real hard the fan base is going to love you we're going to overrate players who aren't that good and we're going to view them like legends like you know, whatever exactly. Asian Venter, for example. So, so the, the like, you're you're going yes. Uh, if you could handle it here, if you're mentally tough, then you're gonna be um. And you try hard, you're gonna be adored here like no other place. Now, when it comes to Merum, you know the Iraqi part really bothered me because he did pick a minority and um and let it get to his head. And I do think he, he checked out a bit after that. He said, I've lost respect because of this. I'm offended. Screw all those people. It, it had that element, right? And it's sad that the media is going to run with that. And Matt Doyle's, the other people, I know you're listening, are going to paint paint the entire fan base as that. They're going to add that to the trash, to the, the Atlanta band, to the fights, and all these things to just to, to paint us as some crazy fan base who is unruly and so forth. That plays into refs' heads, too. So whenever we're complaining about a call, it's almost like they want to stick it to us because we're giving them a hard time. Now, with Merrim, um, in addition to that, I, I just he, I feel like James O'Connor could have done good good with him. I don't think he gave him he gave him a chance. I thought that when when O'Connor came, that he was going to ruffle some feathers for some star, and I had mentioned that that Merrim was going to talk that he was going to kill some star that you can't you're going to have to change you're going to have to change your approach you're going to have to give me more. And one of them 
isn't going to respond to it. That was just a Merrim, I think. That's why he he left practice today, in my opinion, or that's why he hasn't been been that involved. Where people like Tony Rocha, people like Kyle Lindley gets another shot, people like Shane O'Neill could get a shot right away. Donnie Toya, because they, they, one. they put in that work. Donnie Toya, yeah, another rebirth for Donnie Toya, so to speak. But what 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 also got me was that he said the it just it didn't come off as intelligent when he said, "I went. Imagine you go to a different job, right? How would you feel? Would you take time to adjust?" A lot of jobs don't give you that much time to to adjust. And it wasn't a different job. It was playing soccer, which involves not losing the ball, not giving it to the opponent, which involves playing defense, which involves being tactically sound. That has nothing to do with where you're at. That has to do with just playing the sport as is. That's the part that bothered me the most. It was such an excuse. It was kind of dumb. It was just, it wasn't kind of dumb. It was dumb. It made me lose respect because intellectually speaking, it was a specious, stupid argument. And something I got to come before we go to our next segment that I have to say is he brings up the Iraqi thing with Jordan Culver. First off, he's Christian. He's not Muslim. Um, He was born in Michigan, okay? And he was, uh, you know, parents of immigrants from Iraq. If this was a racial thing, wouldn't you think El Munir from Libya would be, you know, yeah. Muslim? Come on. That, that, Amro. Amro? A guy named yeah. Muhammad. Come on, man. Stop bringing sake. up that. And my final thought on this is the door, like Ryder said, is right there. Get your ass out if you don't want to play here because you've lost uh, all of, um, at least for me, I've defended you plenty and everything, but you can get your ass out of town, and I don't care if you're here or not. Go ahead, Eddie. And it's like Morum was saying, um, she was saying earlier this week, for the people that have defended him and it hasn't been enough, it hurts even more. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Did he, yeah, people are saying, hey, we've been defending you. Why isn't that valid? And my whole, my whole, this whole Merrim thing is just incredible. It's just incredible. There you go. All right, let's. Uh... <laughs> that's my that's my fourteenth dad joke for the for the podcast. Well All right, done. so we uh, let's well go to voicemails. Done. We got two voicemails. Uh, remember, guys, you guys can call the voicemail at any time and leave a message. We will play it right here on the podcast for you. We have David Valentine and we have Apollo Kid with the voicemails. And here's uh, David Valentine's and then Apollo Kid. Hey guys, it's David. Uh, simply what happened last night was a horrible decision by a ref that made himself the protagonist of the game. In my opinion, refs should be people that are there to make a balanced and fair assessment of the game. Instead, this ref made a decision that changed the outcome of the game and affected Orlando City in a negative way, possibly costing Orlando City uh, a chance at redemption and getting to the playoffs. This continues to happen in the league. Today was us. Tomorrow's going to be another team. And quite honestly, this affects the narrative that in a fair and balanced league, the club can play and determine the outcome of the season by just doing exactly that, playing. I know that players try to sell out flops all the time, but in this one, it is so obvious that is a simulation that I think 
the arrogance of the ref to not review VAR is exactly what VAR was supposed to fix to make it even and to rule out human error from the decision. To me, it's something that was bad and unfortunately went against us. As always, go City. Hey, Orlando Lions, Jen. It's your boy, Chris, a.k.a. at Apollo Kid. Goodness gracious. Today is Tuesday. Uh, I waited a little bit to call in because I'm still fuming over that decision and just saw the insult that is the response from PRO. I mean, guess it's insult. Guess it's the best they can do because they uh, can't go back and give us three points. I've never seen one decision suck the life out of a game and the joy out of a fan base as much as that one decision did up in Columbus. And it's, uh, I will say, good to see some solidarity with Atlanta United folks and other folks who are saying that we got robbed and we're all united against pros. So I hope that can get better. Good God. It's embarrassing for the league. It's embarrassing for all of us. I don't know how pro sleeps at night, but oh well. The other thing, Justin Miram. I'm not going to crap all over the guy. Uh, it obviously didn't work out. I wish him the best. But I hope we can get something back in return for him. Uh, I just want to kind of delete this whole chapter from our history. Let James O'Connor uh, move forward with some fresh person who wants to be here. And we'll go from there. So can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about all this. I'm trying to be level-headed. But, man, uh, I, better, I hope for a better outcome Thursday with the refs. And uh, the team's playing with a lot of heart. James O'Connor's got them doing the right stuff. So... Go City, and uh, next time. All right, so basically they talked about the same thing, you know, that we're talking about with the referees and, you know, being screwed basically by the refs. So um, the the Columbus screw job. Yeah, the, there you go. That's a perfect one, the Columbus screw job. I'm going to yeah, create someone, a Wikipedia. I, I took that from someone on Twitter. I said that the screw at the crew. But the Columbus screw job references a, a famous screw job in wrestling. Bret Hart, Hart and Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So that's what, Vince yeah, McMahon. That, 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 his is better than mine. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that is yeah, way over my head. We need to create a sing a sing single name for this game, and I'm going to make a Wikipedia page for it because you've got all these famous football games or the. The famous game or whatever, the greatest game ever played. We need to start creating games like someone needs to create a Cupgate game page on Wikipedia. Well, that's on you. Or the Phantom the, you go in for it, Columbus. Right? Okay. That'll be fun. There you go. There you go. The Phantom in Columbus. There we go. Columbus. All right, guys. Let's uh, go now and talk about Thursday's game and Sunday's game. We've got a big game against New York uh, FC, NYCFC. There's too many oh. freaking letters. And then we got the L.A. Galaxy coming in, or we're going to California on Sunday to face the Galaxy with Zlatan Ibramovic. So I want uh, your thoughts and your predictions on Thursday's and Sunday's game. Go ahead, Ryder, you're first. I guess we're just going to not talk about Open Cup because it's too painful, right? Is that just going to be the decision we make? No, we'll then? talk about it. We'll talk a too little painful. bit about it. We lost. We lost. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? Let's, let's, let's make this a 90-second go-round for Open Cup. Open Cup, 
We lost to Philadelphia 1-0. They played their starters. We played our starters. We got outplayed. End of story. We crashed out of the Open Cup. Looks like no hardware for us. And Alex, the swag cursed us. So. Oh, wow. Not me. At least it was you, swag. That was, juju. That was, juju. The juju. <laughs> we sucked. That's what happened that game. Uh, it was honestly one of the worst games I've ever seen uh, from starters. You could have fooled me. Um, terrible game all around. No goals. And we lost. And that was it. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah, I, I think uh, the game plan was wrong. We were trying to send balls over to, to Dom Dwyer for him to bring them down, like Giroud to Griezmann or something. It was like, Kyle Lahren's not here. <laughs> Dwyer's not going to get on the end of those a lot. And there's nobody there because Sasha's too slow, and he had to get the ball too deep. So uh, O'Connor, I think he even had a bad game plan. The players came out flat. He's right to expect them not to be tired, which brings me to a quick other point. I disagree with you guys on the Sasha celebration. I do prefer team goals. Right, I don't think his point was that people were saying he's too old. He's saying that he is that old and he isn't tired. He's running more than everybody else, and the youngins should get some more, have some more legs going in. I think that's what like that's that. what the point was. And it, it was a and that goal okay. was a bit of <laughs> the goal was weird too. It was like a knuckleball. What what, what happened? I didn't. It was right? a topo. I did. It was like a topo. I was kind of feeling bad. I was kind of feeling bad for for lashing out at Sasha there. Um, you were taking so the man energy out on Sasha. But yeah, I mean, overall, I'm not a big fan of uh, the individual. Goal yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. There, there is no individual goal celebration. But, but, but if, if it was, like if it was towards his team, yeah, yeah. You know, if it was towards his team, then it's not individual. If he's saying, "Hey, I'm old, you guys catch up." Young yeah, bucks. if everybody would have done the old thing with him, that even been the great, announcer right? thought he was injured. Oh my gosh! You know, the yeah, announcer was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Trax was like... And it looks like he's pulling up. He's like, no, yeah, that's Trax a celebration. Like, he, he, yeah, Rafa Laker and Trax were like, he paid for that goal. It didn't come, you know? <laughs> well, he's good. he's okay. And our good buddy Miguel Gallardo's like, it looks like he's okay. And I'm like, yeah. he's doing the walker. Yeah. All right, Ryder. Yeah, fantastic. Thursday, New York. Sunday, LA. Your thoughts and your prediction. New York, I get to be there and I get to see my favorite chant that I can't repeat on this podcast, but... I, I, I have this optimism, despite all the crap. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Alex. Um, he's singing it, and you, most of you that are listening know the chant, and I will be singing it. But here's the thing. Despite what happened in Columbus, despite the fix that was in, I feel good about this match. I feel good with a little bit of anger and a little bit of good play and resentment coming into a game against our rivals that we've traditionally done fairly well against at home. And with some semi-rested players, I mean, Dom hasn't played since last Wednesday, so he'll be rested. We might not see Sasha because he's played a ton of minutes, but Coman is rested and we've got some players that are rested coming into this and NYCFC had to travel. So I feel a win coming on. I feel a three to two epic. That a three to two epic with a Dwyer base and a Coman is gonna score one. I think Coman is gonna step out and and actually score and 
show us that he can actually finish at his young age. All right. What about the about uh, LA? LA game. LA. LA, I have less optimism about because the craziness of the travel, their, their meteoric rise, they're definitely coming up the ranks and they're definitely getting some momentum. So I'm going to say best case, a 1-1 draw, but more realistically, a 2-1 loss. Okay, very good. Depends on how we play against New York, how much energy we spend. Brown, your thoughts. New York City FC. Man, I hate them. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they do. Obviously, I think they're in second right now in the East. So I think a win will be great. And you got to pick up three points. If you drop any points at home, there there is no playoffs anymore. So... I mean, that's just the way that you look at it. I think there's only a few home games left, and you have to get every last point that uh, presents itself at home. So if you want any chance to make them playoffs, you got to get all the points at home and a few points on the road. Uh, <clears throat> with that being said, I I don't think we get the three points. Um, I think we're, we might be up 2-1, and, and it happens to be 2-2. But New York City is a great team. We only have on five days rest, which is going to be a lot better than the three days less that we'll be on. But I think we'll grab a point at home. Um, but I do think we'll have a lead. I think we'll score first. I just don't think we'll hold on. I think it'll be a, 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 a story of that to happen again. But hopefully I'm wrong. As far as LA Galaxy is concerned, I mean, that's probably the tallest order of the season. I had that game circled from the beginning of the, of the, of the season. Uh, you got a Thursday game in New York, and then you got a Sunday game in, or a Thursday game in Orlando, and then a Sunday game in LA. So uh, that's a really tough schedule. It's going to be an afternoon game in LA, I think it is. A um, hundred and about ten degrees. It's going to be brutal, man. Which will probably get delayed. It'll probably get delayed till like eleven. And it'll be brutal. Game. It'll be Sunday night. I mean, you don't expect much. I think it'll be probably close to ugly might get ugly it might be like that lafc game where the scoreline was not a tale of how the game went uh where it got ugly at the end because it's just one of those things where it's like the road trip that is unique to mls and world football world soccer however you call it but it's unique to only an mls and really you can narrow that down to unique really only to orlando because you're traveling across from one tip to the other Eddie, with um, NYCFC, um, we usually play okay against them at home, right? They, they're a top team, but I'm just going to be optimistic. I thought we played um, really well for some spurts against the crew, right? I hope um, Earl Edwards is back because I believe he's locked down that job. Um, and I'm going to say we, we hang on two to one. It's going to be one of those, like, edge of our seats. Um, and I say... Um, it's going to be, you know, some Dwyer does well, etc. Um, and then I'm going to say that in LA, it's going to be I'm going to be optimistic again. I'm going to say somehow we scratch away a draw, two to two, Zlatan Ooh. and Alessandrini kills our terrible fullbacks and gets a goal. I'm just going to be I'm going to be optimistic. Uh, this I thought this win could have been a season turning win, but at the same time, this has been galvanizing. I think 
that the team felt like they got screwed. I think they believe in James O'Connor. And I think if we move Merriman, that distraction will help us get even more focus and build as a team and just come together really tight and just just play for each other and leave it all on the, on the pitch every single match because we have no choice. If anything, I mean, <clears throat> we just can't have an end to the <laughs> – last season when the season ended, and I brought this up again today, we lost 6-1 in the last game last year. I mean, there was no optimism heading into the end of the year. You missed the playoffs and you got your freaking faces whapped off in the last game. No heart, no hustle, and we kept Jason Christ. That forever will mind blow me. If we did not keep Jason Christ there, who knows where we're at right now. But there's no way that he deserved his job after that game, that ending to a season. But here we are. But overall, what my point is, is that I would love to see <laughs> at least some sort of run, you know, Playoffs are not, you know, I, would I like to make the playoffs? Of course. Who, who wouldn't want to make the playoffs? Who want, doesn't want to see Orlando City have a chance? Because you know, we all know that if we have home, if we have a chance in the playoffs, you never know where it could take you. But I don't want to end the season like we did last year. You know, what do we do? Go 20 games in a row without, uh, without a win or 30, 25 games? Like, I don't want to do that again. You know what I mean? That, that was miserable. It, it, the, the, it kept the negative sentiment around the entire team for the whole offseason. So I do like what I'm seeing with James O'Connor, but I hope that it translates into wins, whether it leads us to the playoffs or not. I think we need to at least make a push because if we don't make the playoffs this year, we got to at least have something positive to end our season on. You know, say, hey, dang, we made a good run. We should have fired Christ earlier because we probably wouldn't have made the playoffs if we had James O'Connor the whole time. That's that's the that's what this needs to turn into. Yeah, well, well said, Alex. I, I do think that fan base is smart enough to see that if we make a good run at the end, that we see the, the tactical adjustments that O'Connor has made. We see players playing with hustle and heart. That that will be optimistic, and we'll see next year. We'll see you know spike spike in interest, and and we'll go into next year with with a lot of hope. I think you're spot on on that. All right. So uh, my prediction. I guess I'll be the one be optimistic and be very. Uh... I think we're going to win the two games. I think we'll beat Whoa. New York 2-1. to one. Um, uh, We have plenty of guys rested. James O'Connor has showed me something that uh, Jason Christ has never showed me. And that is that this team has faith. And this team has is playing for him. Which I don't think the team was playing for Jason Christ. And, and you saw that with Columbus. With Coleman, El Munir, Dom Dwyer. All on the bench, you know, starting that Columbus game. And we could have easily, the fourth minute in that Columbus game, scored a goal if uh, Yoshi's uh, kick didn't hit the post. Um, so, basically, that would have been a goal right there. That would have beaten Stefan. And so, I have confidence in this team. I think this team, and heck with Justin. Justin, like I said, get his ass out of here. Uh, or just uh, let him rot like a rotten apple. And that's fine with me. I mean, we're going to have to pay this guy and we're going to lose money. Might as well just let him sit at home. But 2-1, to one, Orlando defeats New York. And then in L.A., I'll be honest, I think uh, we could beat him. Um, the, dr- the dry, hot weather up in, the, in uh, L.A. right now is a little bit. And like Ryder says, this probably will be moved to a later time to while it cools down. I think it's a late is game. It a late game? I think it's a seven. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I'll be in the middle there. of the Atlantic Ocean for both what of is... those games. So, nice. <laughs> but uh, I think it's going to be a uh, three to two, three to two um, beating of LA Galaxy, 
and uh, we'll come out with six points. And like uh, Swag said, the run could have still. This could have been twelve points for us. You know, we won uh, two games ago. We got screwed in this one, and if we win the next two, that'd have been four game winning streak. That would have been twelve points, and we would have been already in the playoff hunt probably. I'll, so I'll tell you this, JJ. Prediction. I mean. You wouldn't. You get six points right here. I mean, it's a couple dominoes fall. You could find ourselves right back in the hunt. I mean, we're, we're not. Here's the thing, guys. We're not far behind. Everybody looks at. If you look at the standings, you go, "Oh, we, we're right in there." You know, we got a chance. Top six maker. Yeah, why not? Why not? The thing is, all the teams that we're going against, we have the hardest schedule, and it's schedule. not yep. even close. It's literally not even close. So if you start picking up three points at LAFC or against New York City FC or at home against Atlanta or on the road against Red Bull or at home against Columbus, you know, some of these other games that we have left, um, you know, yeah, of course you're going to find yourself there. A lot of the teams that we play are, are against teams that are higher than us in the standings. So hopefully we can capitalize. All right, guys. Well, do you guys have anything else to say? It's that time. We miss Cleon tonight. Uh, Cleon, sorry. Yes. Sorry that you weren't able to make it. Your Wi-Fi went out. I always feel like the show's not the same without Cleon. I'm sure everybody oh, yeah. feels the same. So It's no, Tamer, it's which is unfortunate. No, Cleon, Cleon always brings a unique perspective and it's well articulated. So um, it's it's always lacking with that. I wanted to thank our field, uh, field turf sponsor as well. Um, thanks, guys, for uh, being a sponsor this whole time. You guys are doing some good work. I see you guys expanding your business. And uh, they say, like they said, grass is best, but you can't always make the grass happen so second best is field turf and um that's it oh wanted to ask you guys i wanted to get everybody 30 seconds 30 seconds what do you think we do with Merrim? like what do you think what what do you expect to get a return so jj you said let him rot i'll tell you let him rot. Right? let his ass get out the team whatever rot okay and uh, swag what do you got i think well uh think? i think we'll get a player and I think we'll get a player and some money in return. Don't be surprised if uh, it includes maybe more than one player from Orlando City, I think. I'm not saying I've heard of anything, but I would not be shocked to see maybe another name move alongside Justin Miram to kind of get the ball rolling. Wow, that's a, not even I even thought of that. What position would you like? Good thought. What position would you like? To, to me, I'm one? seeing we have a, if we're not going to run three in the back, I'm seeing we have five center backs. That's too many. So if if we may see one of the center backs <laughs> go, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but uh, I'd like to get a right back or um, somebody on the left wing. You know, either one of those corners striker, of the pitchers, so. striker. Yeah, yeah. Either a striker, left wing, somebody that's a goal scorer or. A, a pure right back, a hundred percent right back made for this league. Um, but I don't think we're going to get the money back, but I'd like, I'm a, I, I like, I'm all about trades, you know, and, and I don't think Orlando city should close it out. You know, they paid a million for him. I don't think they should take six or 700,000 and close it out. I think it's try and get some money, close out a little bit of it, but leave, leave the trade a little open. You know, if you get a player in return, especially maybe a young one, Maybe that player balloons, and, and, and you, you do get a good investment. You know, we, Maybe in a year or two we think back and we go, hey, remember we got this guy from that debacle. Yeah, that's a good spin on it. So, Ryder, we're going along here. So, real quick, what do you think? 
I want Breck Shea back. Okay. Breck <laughs> Shea. Well, he, he will fit the left wing need. Breck Shea and $200,000. Okay. Let's go. All right. I think they should pay us $200,000 to tech Breck Shea. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think uh, I think we lose. We are, I think we overpaid at the time, personally. And uh, I think we lose, but but Alex made good points. It, it, you know, we can make something out of it. If we don't win, we don't win immediately. It doesn't mean we didn't get something positive from it. It could be a future prospect. We don't have a right back at the future on the roster, anyways. We don't have wing wing wingers of the future on the roster, anyways. So you know that that's fine too. If we have other talent on the team, we can still make a run, and uh, we can still build for the future and. Get some of that money for next year, and then we can make some moves. JJ, so, uh, uh, Ryder, go ahead, real quick. I see you. You ready? No, J- oh, yeah, JJ, you didn't chip in. I just say sit his ass or kick his ass out. I don't. Oh, know. Okay, whatever the heck I they think... want to do with them. I, I right now don't. That was so. I think ago. overall, Justin that... to me is is whatever. Overall, I think that um, I'll be surprised if the deal's not done within the next forty eight hours. I mean, I, I fully expect something tomorrow. Yeah. But I'll be shocked if it's not out by Thursday. They like they like doing things at eleven. I was shocked like, we didn't get yeah, something today, writer. I wouldn't. You, be you guys be worried. You guys be more worried. If the longer it takes, does it make you more worried? Or? No, no. Yeah, it, the longer it takes, it makes me more worried. No way. What terrifies me the most. I don't really give a damn. Is to see him on the bench on Won't Thursday. Nah, he, he, that would he's not going to be an eighteen. Me. He's not going to be an eighteen in purple again unless he, he turns around. Something crazy. I don't know. He finds that pot of gold for his James locker room. Play, uh, his locker room name Jesus tag's moment. already out of the the stadium. He ain't ever going back. All right. Okay. My final word. Um, I'm gonna do a little tiny bit of self promotion because I'm that guy. Um, as some of you guys know, I'm on a second podcast that I host with my friend Jordan called. American Soccer Broadcast, where we more broadly talk about soccer in America and the American game. It was kind of inspired by the failure to make the World Cup, and we went on hiatus for the World Cup, but now we're coming back. I'm actually recording an episode with Jordan tomorrow, and then we're going on tour. We're going a a little bit of ASB on tour with my trip to Orlando for NYCFC, Then we're going up to Ann Arbor, Michigan, where we're going to do a podcast live from a tailgate to see Liverpool versus Manchester United at Michigan Stadium. And then finally, coming back to see one more game in Orlando on the way back. So it's going to be fun. Follow hashtag ASB on on tour on Twitter and Instagram and follow along and listen up because we're talking about the American game here. Awesome. So that's that's my All plug. Right. Don't forget ASB Tour, American Soccer. What is it again, Alex? American Soccer. ASB ha, hashtag ASB on Twitter or Instagram or at um, ASB Podcast, American Soccer Broadcast. All right, and don't forget we're on Instagram also. Ourselves, Orlando Lions Den. Uh, Eddie, thank you for doing that. And then uh, Twitter. Uh, we're always on Twitter. Our Twitter family. Um, all of us chime in on Twitter, so you don't know who you're getting and who's writing on Twitter. <laughs> it could be myself. It could be Eddie. It could Hasn't be been Alex. me because I've been on my personal one too much. So sorry if I've uh, been a little <laughs> active. Guys, Alex. But... Yeah. 
Yeah. Hasn't been me because I tweet too much All right, already. So. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody. And I got one thing to say. No Cleon. No party. All right, guys. Yeah. No wait wait yeah. till next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the listens. Thanks, Appreciate it. Thanks. Have a good day. Love you all. Go City. <laughs> Go City. Thanks for listening to the Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Until next time, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook and at OrlandoLionsDen.com.